Welcome to Ultra Modern. This is a lifestyle and creative podcast created by Crosswalk Future Of that examines the ways that God is moving and working in today's world. To learn more about Future Of, follow us on Instagram at futureof.cw. Hello and good morning good or morning. afternoon or evening, Sorry. whatever time it's at. My name is Andy and you're listening to the uh, Ultra Modern podcast. I'm here with a very special guest today. What's up? My name is Isai. Isai Moran. You're like legendary, bro. Dude, I feel like people what know. What does that mean? People know your voice. So like you don't even have to introduce yourself. Because That's as soon as someone true. says something, I think it's true. Man, I have such a hard time hearing. You know, I've, I haven't listened to any of the podcasts that I've been on. Oh, really? I just hate hearing my voice. Dude, you, you know have an I mean? awesome voice. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It makes me feel better. Of course, bro. Listen to the podcast. They're good. I will. <laughs> I will. I will. Um, but welcome, Isai. Welcome to you thank guys you. listening on the podcast. We have a very awesome uh, podcast planned for today. Uh, before we get to the topic, I just want to give a quick update on uh, the future of what we're going to be doing here at Future Of. Um, we will be gathering in person starting February 27th. So that is two weeks from this Friday. Um, about and we are going to be gathering at Blue Mountain and we're going to be worshiping outdoors. It's going to be awesome. It's going awesome. to be a really great uh, time. We're going to go through Matthew uh, chapter 5 through 7. That's Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And it's just going to be a great time. So if you're listening, I want to invite you to come out to that. We are going to be socially distancing and wearing masks. So we're going to really stick to those uh, protocols. But it's going to be an awesome experience. We want to invite you to come out to that. That is February 27th. Uh, 10.30 a.m. at Blue Mountain. And we're going to talk about the Sermon on... Did you mention that already? Yeah. Sermon on the Mount. On a Mount. On a Mount. That only makes sense. Yeah, that's like exhibit. It's from, perfect, dude. It's the whole experience. It's going to be great. We're going to be sitting on the on the floor eating fish and bread like they did in the old days. Yeah. We got salmon. We, we got, got robes. We're all going to wear robes. Exactly. I got my bathrobe. Basically <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> we're not wearing robes. Just kidding. No robes. <laughs> no robes. But it's going to be lit, so make sure to come out yeah. to that. Okay, so today's topic uh, is something that is very near and dear um, to our hearts. It's something that needs to be talked about. Today we're going to be talking about anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that opens up the door to a greater conversation about other things, and we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, but first, let's just talk about our experiences with anxiety. Yeah. Um, I, I'll go first. My experience with anxiety yeah. is not the the deepest experience. I, I've, I have never struggled with real anxiety, mm -hmm. but I've had moments of anxiety. Um, and often it feels like this, this racing in my mind, mm. uh, this, this inability to calm down uh, or to see that things are going to be okay. Mm. Uh, and that, that, that's taken the form of like panic attacks here and there. Yeah. It's like, I, I just, I can't function. Things are not going to be okay. Mm -hmm. um, but they weren't as frequent in my life. Uh, but it's something that happens, and I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to that have also have had similar experiences right. um, with anxiety. Yeah. Um, but we've talked before. Tell us a little bit about your experience yeah. with anxiety. Man, it, it's and the, the by the way, the reason why we're we're sharing kind of where we're at and and our experience is because I think both of us have have found it beneficial or or have benefited from hearing our peers or people we look up to mm -hmm. talk about uh, their anxieties. You yeah. know, I think everybody who goes through this at one point feels like, man, I'm, I'm alone here. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I must be going, going crazy. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and so to hear somebody else share um, has always been helpful for me. Um, so we hope that it's helpful for you Be uh, before we kind of go into, 
into my experience. I'm curious to hear like when what what would trigger those things? Like did you find any patterns mm-hmm. in your life that that like would would set you down that path? Yeah, for sure. There were were definitely triggers for me. Uh, I always had social anxiety. Mm-hmm. So like when I was in big crowds around a lot of people, yeah. oftentimes I, I don't know why I would just feel um not I, it wasn't like a fear because when you say social anxiety, I understand that some people get anxious when they're around a lot of people. Sure. But for me, it was more, I felt like I was surrounded by people that, that knew me, but nobody actually wanted to see me. Mm-hmm. So it was often this anxiety of feeling like everybody had essentially like group chats without me. Mm-hmm. Everybody was talking, but I wasn't actually included in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And when I would hang out with people and go out with people, it would be exciting on the surface. Mm-hmm. Then I would get into the moments of hanging out, and then mm-hmm. all of these thoughts would start pouring into my head of sure. like, people don't actually want to hang out with you, Andy. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're not actually wanted here. Like just dark thoughts, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So my, my anxiety was always triggered by uh, feeling like I wasn't loved or feeling like people weren't actually seeing me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's been my experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I can imagine. I feel like I've experienced bits and pieces of that, but not, not maybe to that extent, but I definitely have heard, like people struggling with that a lot and know mm-hmm. people who, who that's kind of when they enter into that, that space. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that I don't fully understand and you'll, you'll hear this trend throughout this whole podcast. Like, Hey, we are not counselors, professionals, <laughs> Yeah. you know, we're, we're your peers and pastors, you know, also processing through a lot of these things. Um, so, so I think it's worth, talking and we should probably interview a a mental health professional at some point you know because i think i think this is an important topic but um i i think a lot of us you know throughout the the word anxiety um you know pretty easily Mm -hmm. just like oh i'm I'm anxious and you and you definitely might be and and those might be feelings that you're you're experiencing um i sometimes wonder you know is am i is what i'm experiencing like just fear or just mm. yeah you know what i mean I and, do. and we when we throw out the the when we're so quick to throw out anxiety i have anxiety um that is also just a uh something that's that's clinically diagnosed right yeah. right it's easy um for us for us to to go down a, a path that sometimes is unhealthy mm-hmm. and that's not to negate anybody's fears or anybody's anxieties or whatever you're, you're feeling. Um, but that might be worth thinking through. Yeah, definitely. The, the more, the more you said that I was thinking along those lines as well. I don't know if what I've experienced is true anxiety. I, th- I think that's also something I Maybe in, a, in a sense. Yeah. But yeah. You're, you're also right that there, there, are, I don't know if it's degrees to anxiety mm, or maybe like a whole, like a spectrum. right? Yeah. Cause I know what I've experienced. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I've heard other people's experience. I've heard your experience at times. Yeah. And and that hasn't always been my case. Mm. You know. So I wonder wh- how do we talk about the difference between anxiety compared to like exactly like yeah. fear? You know. That's a. Gr- I wish we had answers to that. But, <laughs> that's, true. but that's worth. We're gonna <laughs> write that down. Question. We're gonna ask somebody. And and where where is that line? And when is it beneficial to say, hey, you know when is it hurtful to jump too quickly and call any of our normal fears and nervousness about 
let's say you know um an interview yeah like i'd be scared about that and uh-huh. and it's easy to throw the anxiety label on it it might be a, a semantic situation of like we're li- our our language is limited right mm-hmm. our, which english is super limited right. you know yeah um it might be that we just don't have the right words to differentiate between anxieties and other types of fears other types of nervousness you know um but we're gonna ask somebody to get back to you at some point (laughs) yeah anyways yeah my dude my experience with anxiety man it's like something it feels like i've dealt with for for so long in different degrees you know um the the first time that i remember it being really real for me it was probably in fifth or sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I would get kind of similar to you, like panic attacks, um, and we know that it kind of anxiety manifests differently in in a bunch of different people, right? So your experience might be totally different, and that by no means is negating it, you know. So just want to be clear about that. But man, <clears throat> when I was in fifth grade, I remember at at night, it would usually happen at night. Mm. I would I would go to sleep, and maybe two three hours in, um, I would wake up, um, and I it's like I wasn't fully there, you mm. know. Um, and it it was like a weird fog in my brain that is so hard to explain, mm. you know. I can't explain the images or the things that were going through my mind. Um, but, but the closest thing that I can get to explaining it is, um, it felt like I was, I was like staring death in the face, Mm. you know, like it literally felt like, like this is the end, you know? And, um, and I would, I would freak out and, um, I would, I would yell, I would scream, um, I, I wasn't, you know, this big when I was younger, which I'm grateful, but I eventually grew, you know, mm-hmm. and, and me being anxious and scared and, and running around became a, a bit more dangerous, right. you know, for myself, for like my mom who's taking care of me, my family. Um, so it was, it was definitely really tough. And I would wake up and, and just feel so anxious. I would scream, yell, and, and, uh, and my mom was usually there. My dad, uh, um, at that, I think he 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 had uh, already transitioned. He used to work nights, and and he had transitioned to to being there um, at night. And my dad, and my mom, figured this out with me, you know. Um, and this story is is as much about my family who walked through the anxiety with me as it is about me because wow. yeah. we didn't we didn't know. Like my parents didn't know what was happening. You know, I can yeah. imagine how scary it was for them you know to um to see their kid there and when you fall when you trip you know you have a broken arm like it's easy to say all right you need to go to hospital right you have this issue you have that issue but when it comes to anxiety and mental health it's tough and our society is so uh just not especially 10 years ago Mm -hmm. right i'm 26 yeah like 10, 10 years ago, uh, 15 years ago, we didn't know. We weren't talking about these things. Right, you know, we, yeah. we didn't know what a panic attack was. We didn't know what anxiety was, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so 
so the three of us, my sister was sometimes woke up, you know, but she was, she was asleep a lot of the time, but she also dealt with, with stuff and dealt with things with me. But, um, but yeah, we, we went through this together. My mom, you know, would, would try to, to snap me out of it, like try to get me to focus on other things. Um, my mom, she's, she's a very spiritual woman, like a woman of faith. And, and we would read scripture. Like we would, Hey, let's like read some Psalms, you know? Um, I would try to catch my breath, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know how long they would last, maybe not too long, but it felt like an eternity. Yeah. My mom probably has a better idea. She'd probably be like, yeah, it was like a minute long, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was probably closer. It felt like closer to five, 10 minutes or something. Yeah. Sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, eventually it felt like that fog would like start fading away hmm. and, and, and then that was it. Yeah. That was it. And, um, and it was, it was wild. What people, oftentimes we talk about the anxiety itself bringing us anxiety, but we don't talk about the domino effect that that brings. Mm. So for example, I would have that anxiety um, attack and obviously that was a moment of anxiety, but afterwards I would be anxious about, uh, about my anxiety attack. So for example, I'd be, I'd be done. But I'd think I'm scared to go back to sleep because mm. what if I wake up and have an anxiety attack? Wow. Another thing that 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 happened and not a lot of people know this, but I, I stopped going to school trips like I stopped going camping. Wow. Uh, I stopped going any. My mom had to come with me to all those things for for my essentially all through junior high. Um, I couldn't do sleepovers. Right. To a certain extent, like sometimes I would, but it was always this this nervous thing, right? Eventually I had to take my pills with me. Wow. You know, I had to, yeah. <laughs> I had to call my mom before I, and that was my junior high experience, you know, just this, this fear, um, that this was going to hit any moment. Yeah. Um, and I didn't understand what triggered it and I'm still doing the work to understand. That's, that's another thing, man. Like this kind of journey is is one that takes a long time and yeah. you just have to be patient with yourself um and and really dig in dig in deep to to understand why things happen but i can't say like yeah i fully understand right. i understood what that was um but uh but yeah I, I still don't know fully i'm still exploring why that happened but that was like my entire experience through through junior high and um the other thing was was the shame, a hmm. bit of shame, like to to have to explain to my classmates. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, they wouldn't understand. Yeah, you know, like yeah. a fifth grader, sixth grader, seventh grader, like they don't know what's happening. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't be like, yeah, um, my mom came on this trip and I'm sleeping with her because they don't know, right. you know. Yeah. So so that brought brought so many other anxieties and fears, you know, socially um, that were quite difficult. Um, if I can share just like another story, I remember there was like this Pathfinder camp. Um, and, and obviously I, we went and, and I, uh, I slept in my mom's tent. Um, and this is already, you know, late junior high, maybe eighth grade. And mm-hmm. I got like this, this terrible, uh, panic attack in the yeah. middle of the night. Um, to the point where like I would, I, I got out of, um, I got out of the tent. And, and so the counselors that were there had to, had to surround me wow. so that I wouldn't like run to the hills or anything. And my mom was there 
and she had to you know she was with me she was trying to 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 get me to to breathe to settle down um anyways the next day it was a terrible night man i still remember that like i i i get nervous just thinking about it you know but um the next day you know everything that happens in the morning is like after a camp everybody's just talking about what happened last night oh like oh this person (laughs) snored or this person farted or this right (laughs) it's like that's what happens afterwards right and then there was one person that said did you guys hear somebody screaming last night and i'm just sitting there and all the counselors know right and that was that was clearly me and all the kids were like yeah that was crazy you know and just me sitting there and listening to that was so difficult man yeah, dude it I was so imagine. difficult to to go through that without any of my friends yeah without any of my peers it was just this thing that we couldn't talk about yeah that thanks for first of all thanks for sharing that experience man yeah because uh, more than more than just sharing like i feel like a lot of people can resonate because that's affirming to maybe experiences that other people have had too mm. like they're they're resonating and have similar experiences mm-hmm. and i, I wonder because one i want to talk about maybe like triggers and not to do like yeah. therapy work here on the on mm-hmm. the on on this but i wonder how much of anxiety is something that is f- triggers from the past uh, like i go to counseling i see right. a counselor and oftentimes the things that we talk about uh, it's always about the past of mm-hmm. maybe the reason you're experiencing this is because when you were younger, right. this happened or, you know, sure, sure, and sure. I wonder if how much anxiety has a connection to childhood mm. or, but at the same time, how much anxiety is, like you said, it, it's, it's something that some people are diagnosed with. It's like, we're, we're, if, yeah, I, I, I imagine for me, it was a combination of, of several things. You know, I, I felt like my childhood was pretty simple. Um, not anything out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've, I'm blessed with a with an amazing family, um, and so I'm not gonna lie. It's been tough for me to pinpoint. Right. Like, was there a moment of trauma? Was there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I'm oftentimes left with all these questions, uh, where other people would say, "Yeah, I can now look back to this particular moment that triggered this thing," and I just. I, I'm still doing the work to, to figure that yeah. out. Um, but I will say I always felt like I was a bit more, um, I don't know, like it was, it, it's always been kind of part of, part of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, when, uh, when all this happened, obviously we started going to counseling and started looking for answers, you know, um, you know, some people, some doctors suggested certain medications, this kind of thing. There was one doctor, there was one guy who's like, uh, hypnosis, that's going to be the thing. Right. <laughs> and they were telling us about it. And my mom was like, uh, we're going to go. <laughs> you know? I'm going to cut you off there. <laughs> or I got hypnotized and I don't know. If <laughs> now you're better. I don't know. Uh, yeah, dude, it was very strange. Imagine crazy. like being, being, how old is a seventh grader? Like 10, 12, 12. 11, yeah, imagine 12. being like 10, 11, 12. 
and just um hypnotize yeah <laughs> or like at least even listening to like a doctor saying yeah you know we could hypnotize him and i'm glad my parents weren't about that they were yeah. like no there's some red flags there. what does we're that out. even mean dude like, i don't know i don't even understand man like yeah I'm, yeah that, ah, that's that ain't interesting it. That ain't it. but um but they would try to figure out um what what to do but but somebody said one of the doctors said something along the lines of like you'll you'll eventually kind of start growing out of it but in one way or another it's always going to be a part of you mm. and and i've all i've known that to be true for sure because like sophomore year of high school i started feeling a lot more confident mm. kind of being by myself yeah i started being more confident you know uh being able to go to different to my friends houses right sleep over go to camps or whatever go to class trips mm-hmm. um eventually kind of died down but in one way or another like in college and even now like i i see glimpses of of what of what, that anxiety that sometimes right. is still there you know yeah. so I don't know. It's it's hard for me to say, you know, this is it. But I invite you guys to, to do the work. Yeah. I, I actually gave this analogy um, the last time I was here. But, but and originally, I use it in another context. But originally, when, um, when I shared this, when I thought of this analogy, or I shared this with somebody, it was in the context of anxiety. And that was the whole... Um, the whole leak in the roof mm-hmm. situation, right? Like, let's say there's, there's, you see the roof and there's, there's some water leaking, right? Yeah. There are your, you have to put a bucket in or right. else your, your floor is going to get all messed up. And we all need those buckets for, for me. So those buckets are the things that we use, the things that we do um, to, to kind of solve the problem in the moment, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make our, our situation easier right then and there. Um, when I was younger, my mom would have me play the piano. So like the whole neighborhood, we, I grew up in an apartment complex, you know, and so I, I felt so bad because the whole neighborhood woke up, I'm sure at 1 or 2 a.m. of me just like rocking out on the piano, you know. I know. Um, for me, it was it was that. Um, it was like my mom would... would uh, uh, show me some food right and, and ask me questions about it to, to try to get my mind into a different place mm. um once i got older it, it was a little bit easier it was just me like sitting down compartmentalizing in my mind right yeah um saying all right this is what's happening to me this is where i'm at um and just doing that going through that process was really helpful wow help me get out of it so we all need those those buckets like right. we all need those those things that will kind of get us out of a difficult situation but eventually and this is the work that you're hinting at is we have to go into the roof we have to find the pipe that's broken yeah we have to understand the root of the problem and and i think i'm in that phase i'm in the attic (laughs) you know what i mean i'm glad you're in the attic bro (laughs) yes bro i'm in the attic somewhere you you know i love that analogy so much bro yeah and what i'm realizing and what you told said at the beginning is that we're not counselors and like the place that like I can't give somebody advice on how to figure out their anxiety oh, yeah. like the fixing of the roof to use your analogy like I don't know how much of that work can be done here on this podcast yeah I can't. but I do have a, a, to what was your experience with like ever sharing that with someone because mm. some things that come to mind well now we live in a we're starting to develop this culture yeah. of like if you go on social media right now you'll see these really cool graphics that people post about their anxiety, right. like tips and tricks 
for what right. the experience is like validating people's anxiety. Right. Which let's do that real quick. We want to validate your yeah, anxiety. Absolutely. It's real. It's man. not just you're feeling, you know, nervous or anything. Like right. anxiety is real. Yeah. It's it something is. that people experience. Um, but one of the things that I as as progressive as maybe we've been, I don't know if that's the right term, but as progressive as we've been in in validating the yeah. experience of anxiety. I feel like there still is a lot of shame with somebody mm. who want who who feels like they can't share their anxiety. Mm. So, for instance, like th- this is not anxiety. This mm. is going to be something different. Sure. And just to clarify again, the more that you share, like we have different experiences, and I think at some point it will be good to talk about the difference between maybe anxiety. Differentiating, right? Yeah, I think that's healthy yeah. to do and figure yeah, that yeah. out. Um, but what I know, I talked to someone recently about. Uh, I've been doing this bas- uh, this basketball game. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I've been doing this Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Same thing, right? I mean, it's essentially the same. You just gotta right. Do. It's yeah. it's the same concept. Exactly. I love how our brain works sometimes. I know. You know? It just kind of throws it I feel like my over brain there is like, what's happening? <laughs> my brain works against me. That's how mine works. Dude, it happens to me too, bro. Don't worry. It happens <laughs> to the best of us. All right. So you're at this basketball game. I was at this basketball game. <laughs> I was giving this Bible study. Yeah. Uh, to these boys, and right now we're going over masculinity, mm, interesting. Um, Fascinating. and trying to like rewrite what it means to be a man. Yeah. And one of the topics I, I asked them like, what what is associated with being a man mm-hmm. in our culture? Mm-hmm. And a lot of them were like, well, you have to be strong. Mm-hmm. So I asked them like, what does it mean to be strong? And like a lot of the answers that came up were, you don't cry, mm-hmm. uh, you don't show emotion. Yeah. They're like when something bad happens, you tough it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them played sports and they're like, when you get knocked down, you get right back up. Right. It's like, there's a very, uh, th- to be a man, you have to mm-hmm. b- almost be invincible. Mm-hmm. Like you go through a season and you come out the other side yeah. pristine, right? Mm-hmm. Or not even pristine, beaten and bruised, but like still standing, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was talking about was that, you, that the, we look into the story of Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses has like a vulnerable moment. I'm reading a little bit of our culture into this, but Moses has this vulnerable moment with God where he tells him, uh, he tells God that he has a hard time public speaking. Yeah. And and what a lot of people believe is that Moses had a speech impediment. He said, I'm slow with the tongue or something. Right, 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 right. And what a lot of people have interpreted that as is like, he has a speech impediment. He has an inability to form words. Uh, Maybe, I'm I'm not exactly sure to what degree. Uh But it was enough for him to hear, I have to lead all these people, which will include speaking Yep. for him to, to God himself be like, this is not what it is. And I I vibe with that, man. Public speaking. Holy moly. You (laughs) know, it's hard, man. Just, just, I know we're about to go on a tangent here. No, go for it. But a lot of people, maybe you've gotten this. They, they asked me like, how do you guys do it? How do you guys do it? Just go up there and talk in front of a bunch of people. Dude, it's scary. It's terrifying. It's scary. There was one time um, several years ago when I spoke at Crosswalk that I, I haven't even t- – I don't know if I've told you this or I've told a lot of people this. Dude, I was about to lose it because I was so nervous. Really? I was so nervous. It was it was actually the – it was the first service, I think. Um, it got a little bit easier as we went along, but – Man, I was gonna go up to speak um, for the main for the main church. So you want to do good? I want to do a good job, you know. Uh-huh. And I remember getting so nervous. I had to go to to the back, like where the curtain is. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I felt like, man, I can't I can't speak. And I would try to say something, and it's my uh-huh. 
mine would do something weird that my throat interpreted as like you need to throw up i'm like no i just need to speak and so i would try i was in the back trying to get a word out and i th- i thought i was gonna throw up oh my god i was like oh my goodness and the bumper video came out and i'm like oh jesus no. help me and i had to go up there and then it just happened we just did oh it oh my goodness it was wild dude i That's don't understand crazy. yeah maybe my throat was dry or what i was freaking out that day public speaking is that that's, that's moses, no joke moses, I, I get you yeah <laughs> shout out moses if you're listening moses, dude. dude that is crazy i, yeah, I felt nervous for you yeah it was <laughs> like, so, what are you gonna do because you, know, you know yeah you know what it's like yeah it's scary Mo- some people are really before. good at it tim's i don't think tim gets nervous i don't think so either nah, he just crushes i think he's just so seasoned yeah. Sometimes though. How do you call somebody older, right? <laughs> he's, somebody, he's experienced. He's experienced. He is, he's wise. Tim, we love you, man. We love you so much, Tim. Yeah, public speaking is is scary. I feel like sometimes people will comment, like maybe you've gotten this too, like you did such a good job, but mm-hmm. then the from other people's perspective, you're doing so great. But then when in the moment where you're speaking, I suck. You're like, oh my god, you're just like juggling and dropping balls, and you're just like, yeah. What's happening is is you are. You're thinking about, there's what you're thinking about. And then it's like, there's, there's another part of your mind that can see what you're doing. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Like you can think about the content you're doing this thing and then you can be like, oh, this person's here. Yeah. Right. And how am I doing? Oh man, that was dumb. You know, you you can like, yeah, it's so strange, dude. Dude, not going to lie. This is just transparent, especially because this is a college age. Yeah sometimes i'll be speaking and i'll do that i'll like detach and like watch myself while speaking (laughs) and i'll be like oh my god did you just say something inappropriate (laughs) i'm not even kidding like i'll be like did you just say something really bad and i'll start looking at people's faces and i'm like oh my god i said something bad what did i say but i I never have (laughs) i've said anything bad like Uh, a bad word or anything what a nightmare you don't even say bad words i don't i never (laughs) neither do i what is a bad word i don't don't even know what they are yeah i don't don't know them Anyways, so <laughs> Moses has a hard time public speaking, and part of his, his, his talking to God about this is being vulnerable about his weakness. Mm-hmm. Like his shortcoming is the fact that he can't, his speech impediment. Yeah. So it's not just a fear of public speaking. It's like this inability to public speak. Uh-huh. And, and what was I talking about? Oh, oh, the reason I'm telling you this is I'm going over this Bible study with these mm-hmm, boys, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm showing them like, hey, Part of Moses' experience with God was being vulnerable about his weakness where he comes up short. Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's really good. And w- which the reason we have, I brought that up is because we have a culture, um, as progressive as we've been, it, it's still really hard for a lot of, I'll, I'll speak for guys that I know mm-hmm. uh, and from my experience, it, it feels like that it's really hard for me to open up about the things that I go through, things that, f- that bring me fear, um, because it makes me feel like weak. Mm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not being the man that I'm supposed to be. Mm. Right. Or that maybe that culture tells me to be, sure. you know? Mm-hmm. And I can imagine if that's how it feels about just sharing your emotions with someone, mm-hmm. I wonder like, what is it like for someone who goes through anxiety? Jeez. Yeah. Because I, I, I remember one time in high school, my, I had a friend who was going through anxiety and depression hmm. um, pretty bad. And I, I was always, I'm a very empathetic person. So I was like talking to them, trying to understand it. Yeah. And my friend was there with us. And then after that conversation, I left. And the friend that was there listening, he was like, I don't get it. Like, just, you're, you're fine. Like, just feel better. Mm. Like, like, 
relax, everything's going to be okay. And I remember thinking like, oh, you don't get it. Like right. I don't, it's not something you can just turn off or just be right. like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. Or, oh man, I'm anxious. And then be like, yeah. oh, I'm better. Um, it, it takes seasons. And, and like you said, as you got older, you figured out ways to manage it a little bit, it sounds like. Yeah, man, absolutely. Dude, and it's, it's the, it's those comments. It's the, I don't get it. Um, that, that leads us to not want to be open about it. Mm. And if we're being really transparent, um, I think church and, and spiritual communities mm. have contributed so much to this, you know? Here you go. Um, uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's true because we, churches uh, tend to over-spiritualize things, okay. right? Like sure. everything is a spiritual battle. And it makes sense. If you're talking to your pastor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I hope all, not all pastors, right? Pastors have, have understood a lot of things. But I feel like traditionally everything was a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you talk about, and I don't want to jump too much into this. Um, you, you talk about worldviews. Um, and in a lot of worldviews, uh, demon possession is a thing. Right. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm still figuring all that out. But, mm-hmm. but it's easy in a certain worldview, in a spiritual worldview that is dominated by thousands of years of church and, and all that to say, oh, that's, that they're fighting with, with the devil. Right. You know, they're fighting with, with Satan, you know, or they're not trusting in God or, mm. or they're not having faith or just, yeah. you know, um, uh, what's that text that says uh, something casts out all fear? Uh, real love casts out true love. Love casts out fear, yeah. something like that. And and you throw around these texts in that context and, and think, wow, dang, I don't have love. You know, I don't have faith. Right. I don't trust God or Satan is trying to get me, a yeah. demon or whatever. I am so grateful. I am so grateful that even though I grew up in a culture and a church culture that was very much in the worldview of demonic possession and all that thing yeah that my parents never put that on me man. wow because i don't know what it would be like to grow up thinking it's already tough to grow up with anxiety as it is but thinking oh man i was dealing with a demon right. you know what i mean yeah, like yeah dude i would i feel like i wouldn't be here mm-hmm. if if my parents threw that on me and i'm really grateful for for the way that they were able to handle that but but People in church and spiritual communities who deal with anxiety have oftentimes been told, hey, what you're going through, that's a spiritual battle that you need to work through with God, right. with more prayer, with more devotion. And I'm not saying that prayer and devotional life and meditation and, and that kind of thing, that it's, that it's not helpful. It probably yeah. is, you know, but, but this is something that you need to reach out to medical prof- yeah. mental health professionals for, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's been a definitely like a real movement in the church i've seen this uh in my family at certain mm-hmm. times especially in like hispanic churches yeah. and cultures yeah. where y- exactly what you said when you feel anxiety or like depression like mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense like mm-hmm. you're just not leaning into the joy of the lord right or, or you're just not praying enough right and we i mean i've been on this this thing this year of like it's important to build your foundation so prayer scripture devotion like all yeah. those things are important but it there's like a sense that for for some church communities if you're experiencing anxiety or depression or things along those lines yeah. it's because you got you're not putting emphasis on your relationship with god yeah but 
but almost it, it, in in New Testament culture, mm-hmm. if you had any kind of physical ailment, it was punishment from God. So either you sinned or right. your parents sinned. Right. So your right. ailment was a direct result from your actions. Yeah. So w- one thing that made the healings of Jesus so powerful is because one, it was saying, uh, your your physical ailment will heal right. that, but also it's saying your uh, your spiritual your your connection to God is whole. Right. But not only that, it it don't, it goes it rages against that a way of thinking of your ailment is a punishment. Because there's that story where where the uh, was it a blind man or a deaf? I think it was a blind man. Jesus yeah. heals him, and then the parents are he goes to the church leaders. The church leaders then are the priests. Then call his parents. Right. And and they're saying essentially like who sinned this man or his parents mm. and jesus was like neither mm. i think i'm re- hearing that story correctly something like that yeah absolutely. Yeah. uh and i i think we need to figure out a better way of talking about anxiety today that doesn't yeah. include like we'll just pray it away yeah man that that ain't it and and if you're you're somebody who is who has ever told that to somebody um it's okay but don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, I've I feel like I've lived in that worldview, you know. For sure. But it's time to make make a serious shift. Like, it's not enough to just say, "Hey, you know, just dive back into prayer." And right. again, these things are helpful. Can God walk you through that? Can God deliver you from from these things? Like, yeah, absolutely. And and God has placed tools, and placed people and resources in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, that can allow us to 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 really understand what's what's going on you yeah. know um i i remember one of the first times that i openly kind of openly talked about my anxieties and i was at at leadership camp when i was in high school this mm. was my senior year i believe junior year wow. junior year um and and i uh i was uh religious oh no senior year i was religious vice president of my school rvp rvp were you rvp uh college yeah. college lame, lame. <laughs> no that's cool uh so <laughs> <laughs> it's funny dude we just became pastors i, know. I just saw the whole thing happen like as well anyways i was i was rvp in my school which for those of you who didn't go to like christian school is like the the person who planned the chapels and all that stuff so they put us with other other rvps um so we could talk about about planning, about resources, whatever. And somebody who was there was Janelle. Janelle. Uh, oh, Janelle. Yeah, Janelle, Janelle. Cool. I didn't yeah, just um, to... Janelle Ringer. But she used to be Aguilera nice. um, when she wasn't married to Mark. Mark is amazing. Anyways, I, ta- I remember talking to Janelle and just telling her about my anxieties. Mm-hmm. You know, about, hey, I, I used to deal with this thing and I kind of still deal with it or whatever. And I, I shared that and I didn't think much of it. And it wasn't until like two years ago here at church. And for those of you who don't know Janelle, Janelle leads worship here at mm-hmm. Crosswalk. She's an amazing part of our community. She's really cool. And it, I, I preached a sermon afterwards. She came and told me, hey, I remember that that day. Yeah. And you were the first person who openly talked about it so confidently. And if you... I didn't even ask Janelle permission if I can share this, but Janelle is super confident. Like mm. she's just so confident in who she is yeah, and loves herself and carries her. It's just amazing, dude. Yeah. That's so you know, good. um, I, I always admire her for that. And, 
And she talks about that moment that I had that conversation with her as being like a big deal, man. Mm. That was the first time that somebody really just opened up freely. And I, I didn't even think much of it. And I don't even remember that much, you know, yeah. what happened there. But it's crazy how sharing, sharing those, those experiences and being vulnerable and, and there being a space for, to talk about it and to affirm it as opposed to just like, well, let's just pray about it. Or let's just, let's just, uh, you know, over spiritualize yeah. anxiety, man, actually being vulnerable about it allows other people to, to so feel, good. feel the love, feel like they're not alone. And that's really yeah, important. That's so important because although that, um, sometimes or not, sometimes I don't, what we're not saying is that the solution to anxiety is just being community. But a big part of helping anxiety yeah, is being a community that understands and, it, and will validate and walk through that with you. Yeah. And I think that I've, I've heard similar experiences with people mm-hmm. that I, I, I haven't openly talked about it uh, for a lack of experience mm-hmm. like that. But I've talked to people who or I've seen sermons where they're just like, man, that was really impactful because that's exactly what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Or that's exactly what I'm and. And sometimes vulnerability is the thing that opens people up to a solution. Of, Absolutely. Which, again, I don't know what the solution is necessarily mm. here. But what I, what we can do is just validate the fact that if you're going through anxiety, it's real. Yeah. And and it's not something to be shameful about. Yeah. It, it's something Absolutely. that you can you can open up about. And, yeah. And I think also, well, I don't know if I could relate it to this, but I'll, I'm going to see if there's correlation. Yeah. Um, I think a lot more people experience anxiety than we think. Absolutely. And the reason I say that is because I think growing up in high school, uh, I, I shared this a little bit at the beginning, but I, mm. I've always felt like I had a lot of friends, but I didn't have any like close friends. Mm. So like I was part of like a big crew, but I didn't feel like I, w- I had that like homie, sure. right? So yeah. it was just, a, it's like being in a crowd doesn't mean that you're with anybody. Right, right, know? yeah. And... I remember just feeling that all through high school. Then really the the most solid friends that I have are you, mm. Josh Estrada, and Josh McKeever. And I'm mm. forgetting I have definitely more friends, but like the, all your other friends <laughs> are like, yo, what the really? heck, bro? <laughs> it's game over for you. We're done. Uh but like the three people that know like the the truth mm. about my life, like yeah. that kind of friend, the unfiltered right. truth is right. like immediately you three yeah and and but i talk to people from high school every now and then and like i'll share like yeah high school wasn't that fun for me like i i just felt like i was alone no but then i've heard other people's perspective of what i look like in high school and they're like Mm. what like you were always having fun like you were part of the crew wow and i was like no that's not like i know it looked like that but i actually felt really alone wow and not only that but i've talked to people who have been like i felt the same way Mm. of like i Everybody thought that I was so happy and that I was, wow. I had friends, but, yeah. but I just felt like nobody knew that I actually didn't feel that way. Mm. And the crazy thing is that I felt that way. My other friend felt that way, but nobody, neither of us were willing to right. say it and verbalize like, this is what we're feeling like. It's like right? you, you felt like you had to keep up this, this facade, right? Yeah. This mask of, this is what it looks like to be successful. This is what it looks like to be successful in high school, right? right Which is yeah. a thing. Like mm-hmm. or every area in your life you're thinking through, how do I appear to to be 
to be good, you know? Yeah, to, exactly. How do I appear strong or how do I appear put together right to everybody yeah. else that's con that's something mm -hmm. that if we're honest like all of us have dealt with at some point yeah. in our life i know I have. there are a lot of like memes about it too where it's like uh the the funny kid or the comedian kid at school mm -hmm. and it's like a picture of him laughing but then it's like the funny kid at home and he's like sad that's, you know that's really sad yeah dude so memes are sometimes very sad and very true yeah memes <laughs> yeah. are yeah they're true <laughs> memes are like the comedic way to share i feel like that's the only way Dark people stuff. feel vulnerable wow is like with comedy like that even yeah. though the sad thing is that it there's got to be a better way to express it yeah but but that's the thing I, I i feel like a lot of people experience anxiety um not everybody i'm sure but a lot of people do but still, there's like this fear to share it with people because you're yeah. thinking, oh, I'm probably going to be the crazy one for feeling right. this. Right. Bro, I, you said something last week that uh, maybe it's worth diving into a little bit. But you said um, something along the lines of, or maybe Josh said, um, like, y you don't, your pastor is not a mental health professional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What, what did you say? Yeah, I, I said pastors are not counselors. Pa pastors are not counselors. Yeah. Say more about that, bro. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. So I think more, I've come to know this because I'm now a pastor. Yeah. And I know I am definitely not a counselor. So like part of my job is to guide people. Mm -hmm. But my my inclination is to, or my my area of expertise in a sense is mm -hmm. to share with them the truths about Jesus. Mm -hmm. So how Jesus relates to humanity. Right. So I, I, I feel confident in that. Yeah. And in that conversation is mental health and stuff. But at the same time, I, I think pastors are more equipped to listen yeah. and to be that vulnerable space for sharing, yeah. but not all pastors have the ability to counsel somebody through right. a season. So I, I go to counseling. Yeah. And consistently, we come to moments mm -hmm. where, or I come to a moment where I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that I had so much uh, pent-up history or like or pent-up yeah. pain in my past right. that is now affecting me here. Yeah. So like for, for like uh, relationship-wise, yeah. connected to the past, for my ability to hang out with people and trust like that they want to hang out with me, connected mm. to my past. And sometimes with a pastor, uh, I'm saying this from my experience, no. like I, I talked to a lot of pastors growing up and, and my pastors were so formative for me because they taught me about God and they taught me how yeah. to approach God. And I'm yeah. so grateful for that. Yeah. Like, and, and I want to encourage, don't, don't feel like now that you can't reach out to us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, if you need anything, feel don't. free to reach out, but yeah, we're, not like, gonna, we're not going to pretend <laughs> like we're going to give you counseling counseling advice. that's yeah. important what we can do is tell you the truths about jesus and yeah. direct you to counseling but you were saying that the pastors that you met with yeah they were so formative for me because they taught me about god but now on the other end of that no. i realized like oh that was very good to teach me about how jesus views me and resonates and and uh -huh. comes close to me mm -hmm. but but that wasn't the work of uncovering why i felt certain things or like wh yeah. why why now I'm trying to think of something that's not too deep, but why now I have I have this fear that maybe like when I'm hanging out with somebody, mm -hmm. oh, they don't actually want to hang out with me. Well, mm. that that a direct connection to Comes it. Well, that's this. what I feel like in high school. That's yeah. exactly where I had friends and it didn't feel like they actually, you know? Yeah. And that work 
is best done with a counselor. That is, man. Hands down. Because sometimes, like, when I'm with my counselor, I'll tell him something, and I'm like, dang. If a student asked me that, I would have no idea what to say. Dude, just FYI, in my my undergrad, I don't think I took any counseling classes. Mm. When I started working on my master's, um, I took one class, and it was huge. It was huge. It was a pastoral counseling class. But in essence, what I learned from that class is you don't, we don't know what we're doing. That's mm. what I learned. And that was really important, like, wow. like how, to, <laughs> how, to, how to be helpful, but also how to guide people to, to the right direction, wow. which is mostly uh, what I do. But I remember being – I started working here at Crosswalk. Um, I was like 20, 21. And the first week that I got here, I was here working late, and somebody came to church. And they were they they were going through a mental health crisis, mm. and here's this twenty twenty one year old, listen listening, and I'm like, I don't know anything. About, <laughs> this is like huge things that you're dealing with, yeah. and 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 I didn't really know what to do like at all, you know. Um, and so we're in that class. I remember talking through our limitations as pastors, mm-hmm. um, and just know there's a lot of pastors who are actually trained. Yeah, like you talk about, uh, you know, Pastor Mike. Like he, he he's actually gone to school for this. He's 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 a man. So not all pastors, but right. there's a lot of pastors who have gone uh, to to school for this to, to train for this. But mm-hmm. most most aren't. And what's what's been helpful for me, especially when I worked in youth is to see myself as a bridge, as a safe space. People can come to me. Um, I, I'm not here to necessarily give a ton of advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a listening ear, and I'm also a bridge to a lot of the resources yeah. that I think they can help. And also to talk through some of the healthy patterns that, that could at least in their spiritual life lead them, lead them in the right direction, but, but not like, hey, here's, here's why this is happening. Right, yeah. Like we're not equipped to do that, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. You know, that's okay, but it's important that uh, that your therapy is not like your sermon on Saturday. Yeah. Like, you need to go. <laughs> that's so good. You yeah. know what I mean? You need to go to to, to a counseling, man. Like, mm-hmm. a sermon, you know, we're opening the scripture and we're honest about it. And you can find a lot of truth and a lot of things that can help you. But yeah. ultimately, you need to seek seek help. Yeah, I think to, to calm any people, because I, I know maybe people who are listening right now, that's their worldview of, like, the place where you work things out is church. Sure. Um, I think the reason why or some importance for church is that when you learn about Jesus and the truths of Jesus, mm-hmm. it gives you the power in which you then are able to go and seek help. Mm. So what I mean by power is, is Tim used a really good term this morning at the devotional. He said perseverance, that, mm-hmm. that the perseverance that, that comes with Jesus, I forget how he connected it, but that word is so good that power and perseverance are so close together that Jesus offers us the ability to say, my life is my life. I, I yeah. do, I have suffered and had hardships. And because Jesus loves me and wants me to have a good life, mm. I'm going to seek out help. That's I correct. think that's a healthy way of looking at church. And, and that's, that's real strength, man, to mm-hmm. go through that process of acknowledgement of like, hey, here's what's going on. Here are my faults. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the work that you're doing with with. The, the those boys that you're talking to right redefining you think that strength is never showing weakness mm. well actually that's that's the easy way that's our easy way to to, to cope with it yeah. you know what i mean to try to just build walls to not deal with what's really there right to not go 
into the attic, right? Mm-hmm. To just to just coast um, yeah. and and not acknowledge what we're going through. Um, but real strength is to say, actually, this is what's wrong. This yeah. is what's going on. That takes a lot of courage. Yeah, and Paul puts it this way. He says, "When I am weak, then right. I am strong." Yeah, he dude. He sent a thorn in my side, and I, I used to boast about my strengths, but now I'll boast, boast about, about my weaknesses. Weakness. Amazing, man. God's God's oh, is it God's love or God's work is made perfect in my weakness. Wow. And there's there's a really big uh, payoff. I don't know what the term is. There's there's uh-huh. reward like reward, reward yeah. in being willing to be vulnerable and open about yeah. your hurt and seeking out that help. Yeah. And by doing that, the the type of community that you will create, if they're real, because there are some people who will bounce. Mm-hmm. There's some people in your life who who will give you the, we'll tough it up or you're always being negative or whatever it yeah, be. Sure. You know what I mean? There's people who, and they're going through their journey or whatever, but real good, healthy circles will will embrace you. Mm-hmm. They will They will embrace you and you might actually bring that out of somebody else because we all live in this in this society where we just feel like we all have to come across as yes as as perfect man and and not even when it comes to to anxiety about anything man Mm -hmm. um you know about the the way we look about what we're doing with our lives you know like i'd be the first to say like man my life is not perfect Mm -hmm. you know like there's definitely downs you know but anybody who who's who meets me i might try to like put together this this picture of like well actually he's happy yeah i'm this happy guy but Man, we go through struggles, and I know you're always saying this phrase, like, you're doing better than than you think you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and, and that feeling that we're not doing okay just comes directly from us putting up walls and wow. not being able to yeah. be vulnerable or not having the courage and the strength to be vulnerable with our circles, you know? And yeah. this doesn't mean that everybody you talk to, you be like, hey, man, I deal with anxiety. You know, you don't have yeah, to yeah. You don't have do to that. But in your circle of friends, like, it's really, really important that you create healthy, um, healthy forms of, of vulnerability yeah. and and support and accountability yeah. and all that. I I think, dude, there should be a series on friendship groups. Oh, you know, that's so great. dude, because yeah. there's some like a lot of our friendship groups are unhealthy. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and they can be the thing that are contributing to to a lot of the ways that that you view yourself, right? A lot of the ways that you put yourself down, that might be interesting, dude. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. I, and I, I think that teaching people how to be real friends is important too because I, I remember this one time. Uh, I had a friend, and she was telling me, like, oh, my friends are just so toxic. And, well, like, they all, like, yeah. uh, like, they don't see me. They don't ask me how I'm doing whatnot. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then my friend ended up dating uh, one of the friends in that group, mm-hmm. and he told me that she felt the same thing. Mm. That in that friend group she was like nobody sees me nobody cares wow and then i realized like, oh no this whole friend group is full of Feels people the same, the same thing oh, that's but nobody terrible. exactly and yeah. that's some, i think we just need to learn how to be friends like, <laughs> yeah that's and it sounds simple simple yeah then, but that's real man that's how do you be, how do you be a, a good i've been a terrible friend mm. at times you know i have yeah. been <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, dude. dude. <laughs> sucks. But I have, like, I'm, I'm sure I've, I've messed up so many times and haven't really, um, uh, you know, given the, 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 the most healthy way of support, you know, to, to my friends. Yeah. And that's something that we deal with every single day. Like, we need to explore that. 
you might have to rethink the conversation in your mind like hey am i being a good friend <laughs> you know yeah. to, to people around am me I am i being a good me? support system or bringing people down am i contributed to to you know uh, the anxieties that people are feeling yeah. Uh, yeah. am i somebody who's who who's encouraging people to put up these walls and these masks and to mm-hmm. and to and to shape up you know um, yeah. or am i being um a safe space for people i want we need to do a podcast on, on friendship Dude, we because should. i then how do you tell whether or not your friend group is a positive friend group because i can tell you all i had friend groups in high school where i'm like thinking back that was not the friend group i should have had yeah that's not the things i should have done and yeah. how do you tell like when is it time to be like this is good best friend. Yeah. yeah anyways this is good man good conversation bro yeah i appreciate that there's a lot more to talk about when it comes to to this and i want to i want to be clear if you are going through this like i invite you to reach out like feel free to we are safe spaces you know we won't have all the answers Mm -hmm. you know but maybe we can help guide you to to people who do and resources who who can support you know but but i i just want anybody who's listening to know you you are not alone mm-hmm. and and not only just with anxieties yes with anxieties if you're going through anxiety i feel you man and i can't even i just want you to know i i hear you and and i get you and you're not alone but even anything else like yeah. if you feel like man i'm alone if you feel like man i'm self-conscious you know i have uh you know image issues you know mm. whatever it might be i i yeah. I feel scared. I feel nervous or I feel like everybody's succeeding and I'm not, I want you to know like you are not alone. Mm. Like there's so many people, if not any, everybody in one way or another has dealt with that. Yeah. And I don't want you to feel like you're going through this by yourself. So if you need to reach out to somebody, to one of your friends, we're always available. Yes. Like just, well, I don't know, DM us, I guess. DM us, text <laughs> Yeah. Us. Like t- shoot us a text us or whatever. Um, we're here for you. Um, I just want to be clear about that. Yeah, you know? no, 100%. This is this is not a, a one-way street here where yeah. you're just hearing stuff. Like, yeah. As pastors, we are we're in this for people Yeah. To, to be part of their journey. And yeah, we just yeah. want you to know that we love you. And, and more most importantly, that Jesus loves you so much yeah. and that he has a life for you yeah. that that is healthy, that yeah. is is on the road of being healed. Yeah. Um, and that the grace of Jesus on your life uh, provides a way for you to talk to counselors and to, to better your life. That's right. Um, so we just want you to know that. And most importantly, Jesus loves you. That's right. Hey, thanks so much for listening this week. We love you so much. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, FYI, just one more time. We have the a, uh, Sermon on the Mount series on the Mount.